Welcome to the first episode of Owl the Rage. On today's episode, Coach Bohannon mentioned that the Owls are a team of first, a history-making team. We're going to look at what it's going to take for Kennesaw State to make history and win their first ASUN Conference Championship. A KSU athlete is up for NCAA's Woman of the Year Award. I'm going to talk about why I think she deserves that honor. Kennesaw State women's soccer is coming up around the corner, and we're going to discuss why I think the Owls are going to finally make it over that final hump, something that's been evading them for quite some time. Let's get right into it. Welcome. Welcome, Kennesaw State fans. This is my podcast. It's Owl the Rage, or at least I hope it's going to be all the rage with my fellow Kennesaw State fans. For those of you who don't know, my name is Matt Teen Rad. I'm a former employee of Kennesaw State Athletics, but I'm still such a huge fan that I want to be able to cover things like what's going on in the news of Kennesaw State Athletics, getting into discussions about what's going on, um, hopefully giving you guys somewhat of an insider look about using my experience, about my time at Kennesaw State, but really just want to be a fan. Um, spent such a great time there working in that organization and loved every minute of it. But now want to make sure that I can get back to my fandom. And this felt like the right way to do it. So, so happy to do this and get into that next step. Um, bear with us. It's a little bit of an experiment. You know, I don't know what the vibe is. Like, should I go high energy? Should I, should I get NPR with it? Like, welcome to Owl the Rage with me, Matt Teen Rad. But I don't feel like that's it. You know, I don't feel like that's it. So, we're going to keep it high energy, and we're going to do that by jumping right into the news. First, the big news out of Kennesaw State Baseball. Center fielder Josh Hatcher selected 289th overall by the Texas Rangers in the 10th round of the 2022 MLB draft. That makes him the 72nd draft pick in KSU baseball history and extends the streak of 14 consecutive years the Owls have had at least one player drafted. Now, if you're familiar with Kennesaw State Baseball, you know why Josh Hatcher was selected. Second highest batting average in the program's Division I history. Set a new single season program record for doubles and slugging percentage. You'll remember that week where he had two cycles. And if you're not a Kennesaw State Baseball fan, yes, that's what I just said. He hit two cycles in a week. He was an absolute phenom and became one of the most feared batters in the A-Sun. And it's easy to see why. This is a kid that transferred from Mississippi State. Maybe didn't have the best year with Mississippi State. But Mississippi State wins a championship. And I think part of this new story that you have to think about, you have to consider, is the team that he's selected by. Now remember... Head coach Ryan Coe, before signing as Kennesaw State head coach, worked as a regional scout for the Texas Rangers. And you have to wonder, and I know that I talked about maybe insider knowledge before the podcast really started, but I have no insider knowledge on this fact that couldn't tell you for sure. But you have to think that this is part of Coach Coe's pitch, right? Especially when you're trying to pitch to these attractive graduate transfer prospects, you'd have to think that it's part of Coach Coe's pitch to say, hey, I'm a former scout for the Texas Rangers. 
or for any major league baseball team, you know, no matter who the coach or former scout is, I'd love for you to be able to come to our program, ball out, and when the time comes, if the Texas Rangers happen to say, ask Co, hey, you guys have anyone in your program that's really impressing that we should know about? And obviously Josh Hatcher was going to be that guy for Kennesaw State. You'd have to think that's part of the pitch. Um, you can never say for sure, but it definitely doesn't hurt. And I think that's why you're seeing Coach Co already solidifying some of the best recruitment in just the season that he's been here. And I think it's only going to get better. I think it's only going to get better. We saw what it meant this season, winning a Sun title. So congrats to Josh. We can't wait to see you in the bigs, man. Now, that brings us to our discussion topics for the day. First off, we're going to talk about the NCAA Woman of the Year Award. As the conferences have selected their representatives on Tuesday, a Kennesaw State student-athlete was selected by the A-Sun, and the accolade is awarded to someone who has distinguished themselves throughout their collegiate career in the areas of academic achievement, athletics, excellence, service, and leadership. The A-Sun representative is women's basketball phenom Amani Johnson. Now, here's what I'll say about Amani Johnson, and I hope I don't sound like I'm underselling any of her talents in any way. I just want to make sure that we're looking at the big picture of who's being selected here. On court performance, she's a top 10 in the A-Sun. There's not a doubt about that. I would say she was probably the second best point guard in the conference after TK Morehouse. In class performance, she's top five. What separates her with an accolade like this from other players in the conference, you know, the Maya Berkmans and the Jazz Bonds, is what she does for her community. To be a leader in the community on the level that she is, forget the fact that she's even an SGA president for a second. Because she served in the SGA for a while before, standing up for diversity, women's rights, transgender issues. You add the fact that she was the leader of the Kennesaw State student body. And I'd have to think that's near unprecedented. To do all three of those things on the level that she's doing them, I'd have to think is near unprecedented. The final reasonings in why she should win this award, and you know, this is just a personal opinion, they're all in the intangibles. They're not the things that are written down. They're not stats. They're not accolades. When you meet Amani Johnson, you feel and understand that this woman is of a different cloth, a different breed. I talked to so many student athletes in my time at Kennesaw State, and no one struck me with how level-headed they were as she did. And, you know, funny enough, every time I think of Imani Johnson, I think of Kobe Bryant talking about Mamba mentality, about putting your own professional development over anything else. And the only student athlete that I could think of that embodies that in my time at Kennesaw State, and there was a lot of tremendous student athletes, don't get me wrong, but there's no one but Imani Johnson that embodies that like she did. I'm cheering her on. I'm a huge fan of hers. And I really think with a team that Coach Octavia Blue has built around her, 
she can have a season that could really solidify her in the Kennesaw State history books. Um, she's my pick to win this award. Congratulations, Amani. I'm wishing you the best. And that brings us to our next topic, another topic in women's sports, and that's Kennesaw State women's soccer because the season is right around the corner at this point. Um, Benji Walton's side has you know, made it to the summit three years in a row, but they haven't made it to the peak. I remember wondering if after the Lipscomb loss in 2019, if the Owls were going to be able to sustain the success that they had that season while missing the level of players that they were going to be missing. I mean, Isabella Contreras was a huge playmaker. Sosa, Emily Sosa was a presence on the wing. Tiffany Sornpal, you could really say, was one of the best goalkeepers in the team's history. They sustained that level, though, and did it two seasons in a row. And I think the team structure is there to really make a run this season, perhaps the best run of Walton's tenure. And now I'm going to talk about why I think that's the case. I think there are questions there to be asked. Don't get me wrong. For example, with Dylan Pixon out of the picture, what's going to be the answer at the goalkeeper position? A.J. Needham hasn't seen that much action in black and gold, but with all due respect, neither did Pixton before coming a huge part of the team. Kaylee Hammer is coming in as a grad transfer from Alabama. You'd have to think that on paper she'd be the first choice, but there's not much to judge her on as she didn't play all that much at Alabama either. Two freshmen could also vie for the position, although it's unlikely. The only other question in the lineup, who's going to play left back? Catherine Shrek, you could argue, was perhaps the best technical player on the squad. Was great in both directions. Probably the best offensive contributor out of the back line in the A-Sun last year. Besides that, Benji Walton's getting a lot of key contributors back. A lot of key contributors back. Kendall Higgs is coming back. Becky Contreras is coming back. Ebony Clark, who was arguably the team's best player. Macy Rainwater, who is going to be better as a sophomore, and she's one of the best pure goal scorers I've seen in my time covering women's soccer at Kennesaw State. She's someone I really think can be someone who will go down in the history books for Walton and the Owls. He's going to have also most of his back line intact. He has a senior center back pairing at Aaron Miller and Haley Decker. He'll have two right back sets. He can really choose from depending on the situation. He's got Isla Swinton, who's probably the better offensive option. She put in some good crosses. She even got herself on the end of a goal uh, during last season. And you have Cameron Simmons, more of a physical presence, can win the aerial duels, and probably more of a defender than Isla Swinton is. 80% of that core that got them to the final against Lipscomb last season will still be there. And I could tell you how much Benji Walton wants to overcome this obstacle because it's really the only obstacle he has left. I mean, he sustained the success that got them to three finals in a row. This is what's next for Coach Walton. And I was there on the sideline in the last final at Lipscomb. And you could see with the presence 
on the line that he had, how much this really means to him. And he wants to win as a group. And I think that really they have the best group that they've had in a long time. The big question is, what are they adding to their core? And the big answer to that question is Kiata Cinderella. And the Argentinian could be what brings Kennesaw State to the next level. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mateen, why are you going to hedge your bets on the Owls based on a player that has never played a game in black and gold? And that's because I can't imagine that any incoming freshman at KSU women's soccer's in the team's entire history, has accumulated the acumen that this young woman has before playing a single collegiate game. She's played for Argentina's women's team. By the way, also an Argentinian international in handball, which is insane. If you know anything about handball, sure, it's a, it's a relatively easy game to pick up and play for the layman, but it's also dominated by people who are just gifted athletes. That's the only way that you can make it in that sport is by being a gifted athlete. And I think that's what Kennesaw State is getting in, in Cinderella. She's played for the Argentina's women's team in soccer, scoring in her first five minutes in her first cap as an adult. This, there's no beating around the bush. It's a huge get for Benji Walton, and I think she's going to show it on the pitch. I'd be interested to see if she'll play primarily as a striker or as a winger. I think you look at his options going forward, and this can be an extremely creative team. Becky Contreras, great header of the ball, has good instincts. Kendall Higgs probably, you know, without getting a good look at Cinderella, probably takes the place of Catherine Trek as the best technical player on the team. She could play striker. She could play the number 10 main attacking midfielder, you know, for people who don't know the positions by numbers. Agatha Gianni really grew into a number 10 role as the season progressed last season. Ebony Clark can play nearly anywhere and scored some beautiful goals last year. You know what I think about Macy Rainwater. You got pace on the wing and Caden Price. The team is going to be dangerous. Potentially the best Kennesaw State offense that we've seen in quite some time. Pack the bank if you can this fall because I think there's going to be a lot to be excited about. Um, there's intangibles there, but I think Walton has done everything he can to set the team up for success. And uh, Kiara Cinderella is going to be a big part of that. You know, Also, the question is going to be, is she going to go right into playing her freshman year? It's going to be tough to say. But I'm really excited to see what's going to happen and especially see what kind of choices uh, Coach Walton is going to make in this season because I think he has a lot of interesting options that he can choose from. Speaking of success, few programs have been so successful in their opening years as Kennesaw State's football program. At ASUN Media Day last week, Coach Brian Bohannon called the Owls a team of firsts, and it's hard to argue that the statement is anything but apt. There's no doubt that the Owls are outright favorites to win the A-Sun this upcoming season and win their second conference championship in a row. That being said, they're going to face some competition in that race. 
from the other top teams in the conference. We're going to look at some of those teams and see what danger they can offer the Owls. There was, I think you could call it a rivalry between Kennesaw State and Monmouth in the Big South Conference. Maybe not as big as the Jacksonville State rivalry, but probably more competitive. With both of these rivalries probably dying after this season, that's such a shame to say, really. I think fans, coaches, personnel that market the teams, they're going to want to build a new rivalry for Kennesaw State. Looking at the preseason coaches poll, which came out, which, mind you, also is not the perfect barometer for how teams are going to do. But right after KSU, who, by the way, got 34 points and four first-place votes, uh, there's a two-way tie for second place between Central Arkansas, who also got one first-place vote, and Eastern Kentucky. I really don't think any other team is going to be a factor. Austin P. I I think, is the hardest team to judge out of the rest of this bunch in terms of the impact they're going to make. They're the only other team to receive a first-place vote. They've got a relatively young team that they've bolstered with some good transfers, uh, mostly grad transfers. They had an up-and-down year last year, but ended on a positive note, and were probably the second-best team in the OVC. They're probably the show-me team of the A-Sun bunch this year. I think Central Arkansas could be that team. They do have two big losses in terms of personnel. Braylon Smith came out last season and threw an average of nearly 300 yards per game, the 11th best ratio in the FCS. He ends up declaring for the draft, and besides being invited to a Jets minicamp, that didn't go so well for him, although you could argue being invited to a Jets minicamp is you know, not the greatest thing in the world either. No offense, Jets fans. And unfortunately for the Bears as well, because the hometown boy was really one of the program's most prolific passers ever. Although perhaps even a bigger loss was the 2022 committal to Louisiana by wide receiver Tyler Hudson. Now Hudson is a bad, bad man. He was named an FCS All-American after averaging 111 receiving yards per game, was the third most prolific receiver in the FCS last year. And you know, I think Louisville is a step up. Good on him for earning that move. With all this being said, there are some key returners for the Bears. Every time I think about Central Arkansas, I just think about the fact that their women's teams are called the Sugar Bears, which I absolutely hate. I'd rather them be called the Fighting Scottie Pippins than the Sugar Bears. But there are some key returners for Central Arkansas, and they're more than difference makers. The very young running back contingent that they have will be led by a sophomore, and that's Darius Hale. He was the A-Sun Freshman of the Year last year. He received a selection in the preseason All-A-Sun team, and with very good reason. The Bears were definitely more of a passing team than a rushing team, but of UCA's 1810 rushing yards, Hale had 1,058 of them. 17 rushing touchdowns last season number three touchdown tally for rushing in the fcs number one of course being kennesaw state quarterback xavier shepherd can hale take the next step after having an amazing freshman season 
I think he will. Time will tell. Offensive lineman Jalen Hendricks, defensive end Logan Jessup, and defensive back Tamarion Wilson round out the picks for the preseason all-A-Sun teams for Central Arkansas. Hendricks will lead a generally inexperienced O-line for the Bears. Jessup's going to be the main threat to QBs. Wilson is the leading tackler out of the secondary. Why do I not think the Bears can be that team? Their defense was more adept at stopping the pass than they were the run last year. I don't have to spell out to KSU fans that the Owls have one of the best rushing offenses in the league. I didn't feel that head coach Nathan Bryan was really keen on stoking the flame on chasing the Owls or creating any kind of rivalry. He said at ASUN Media Day that Kennesaw State deserved to be there. He also said that tying with the other team we're about to talk about was an honor, and he holds a good point about Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky. Parker McKinney is going to come back and lead the team from the QB position after having what I would call a decent year. Was probably the second best quarterback in the A-Sun last year. Dual threat quarterback and having your leader in offense return probably makes me give them the edge over UCA on offense. I think he reads the game pretty well. The defense sports the A-Sun defensive player of the year. Matthew Jackson. He's an incredibly versatile defender. He's been used in the nickel as the joker, as the bandit, stand-up edge rusher. He's good on special teams. He was a Buck Buchanan finalist, so really one of the best defensive players in the nation. Could be someone you see in the draft in 2023. And I think the thing about this EKU team is that there's nothing that they do particularly well. But they're a well-rounded team, very well-rounded team. But two things about this team stand out. Number one, they were extremely hard to beat at home last season. Their only loss at Roy Kidd Stadium last season was by two points to Indiana State, which is maybe not the best competition, but still, only loss of the season and by a small margin. And number two, they were really good in the red zone last season. In both offense and defense, they had the fourth best red zone offense in the FCS last season. 93.9 conversion rate. Red zone defense, they stopped conversions 72.3% of the time. Now, when it gets down to nut crunching time, that's exactly what you want. The Colonels can be that team. And I think they're going to be dangerous in the A-Sun for the Owls. Last season, they went undefeated against current A-Sun football teams. Wins against Austin P, Central Arkansas, and Jack State in 2021. I think you look at Eastern Kentucky for Kennesaw State as the potential Monmouth-like rivalry. It doesn't have that proximity that makes the Jacksonville State rivalry great, but it has that competitive edge to it. You look at the last two years for KSU, and you have these huge matchups against Monmouth that would end up deciding the conference both times. And you could potentially have something like that again in Eastern Kentucky as the Owls and the A-Sun campaign in Richmond. Now, I don't think anything what I'm saying is that mind-blowing. I think this is exactly why the schedule makers make the schedule this way. 
But EKU's A Sun campaign is as follows Austin POA, North Alabama at home, Central Arkansas at home, Jack State away, and Kennesaw State at home. Kennesaw State has Jack State away, North Alabama at home, Central Arkansas at home, Austin P at home and EKU away. Remarkably similar schedules. Could I see both of these teams being undefeated heading into the final game of the season? In the opposite direction of Central Arkansas, EKU defends the rush better than the pass. They're my pick to give Kennesaw State the biggest run for their money. Not even bias, I think objectively, Kennesaw State wins the conference without much trouble. But the Colonels can definitely plunge the dagger into Owl Hearts on the last day of the season. This is a new beginning for Kennesaw State football. And just like we're talking about a lot of new beginnings around Kennesaw State, it's something that I think is contagious at the university right now. And this is why I was so excited to start on this format and to start on this show because... There's growth all around Kennesaw State right now. You look at women's soccer and their development. Kiara Cinderella, not a signing that maybe we would have saw five years ago. What else can you say about KSU baseball? I mean, they got the ring. There's nothing else you could say about what that program has done and... They're really just seeing the beginning of those fruits. Women's basketball, Octavia Blue, is really starting to transform that program. And maybe you could argue that that program hasn't had a tradition of winning and hasn't had, dare I say, the DNA of winning. But I think Octavia Blue is implementing that. Really, the main success that we've seen at Kennesaw State is football. And this is just a new way to show that you're the cream of the crop at this level. It's going to be really exciting, and so is this upcoming sports year. The calendar, everything, it's really rounding out to be an exciting time to be a Kennesaw State fan. And I hope you guys will tune into this podcast and will continue to be entertained and will join me in discussions. If you guys have any questions, send them my way. Uh, if you want to know my perspective on what's going on at Kennesaw State, I um, would love to get them answered. And I hope you guys keep on listening. That's been Al the Rage, and that's all I've got. We'll see you next time.